Good afternoon. This is something I'm making for myself and for everyone out there. Hi, I'm Mr. Majestic. This is going to be a discussion of Willem Dafoe. I mean, somehow it just it popped into my mind as I was watching Lucky Numbers 11 and thinking about his career in general. Like, if he was playing the Morgan Freeman Numbers 11... I think I liked it even more. But I do like the kind of racial or different dynamic between Ben Kingsley and um, uh, Ben and Morgan Freeman. So, I don't know. Uh, a very famous surgeon and doctor, Donald Defoe is his brother. Surgeon and research scientist. I didn't know that. But, um, yeah, this is basically just going to be a Willem Dafoe discussion. I, I mean, no one ever says he's their favorite actor, but I would pretty much think that he is mine. It's just, I haven't really liked all the movies he's been in through the years, but that's really never a performer's fault. Um, so we'll go through that he's won four nominations at the Oscars. I mean, I'm saying he's not, he's been nominated four times at the Oscars. I think most everyone can name some of his nominations, but probably not all. I'm going to try to do it without looking right now. Oh gosh, I believe his first one was, uh, what would that be? Shadow of a Vampire. Another one was At Eternity's Gate. Another one was The Florida Project. And I can't think of his fourth. I'm sorry. And they got all the other awards, but the one I want to find right now. He's got four nominations, no win. So what made me think of this is that it's eventually going to be that Gary Oldman crescendo moment where he's going to put on all that makeup and win for some random movie. You know, I mean, Gary Oldman won for playing uh, uh, Winston Churchill. I still never seen that movie. You really can't tell me he's not more deserving of other films that he's in. I mean, I don't really want to go through what's his name's career right now, but. So he was nominated for Platoon. It kept ballying around in my mind that he was nominated for Platoon, but he wasn't. So at Eternity's Gate, he was nominated for Best Actor, playing Vincent Van Gogh. Still never seen it. Florida Project, I've seen parts of it. Shadow of the Vampire, I've seen it. Platoon, I've seen it. He could have won for Platoon. Like the 1987 Academy Awards gave the Supporting Actor Award famously to Sean Connery. So, I mean, you can watch The Untouchables for yourself and judge that for yourself. Who's better in the movie? Willem Dafoe? Or, excuse me, who's better in the movie? Uh, Sean Connery will be the next year. Michael Caine, Hannah and her sisters? Or Willem Dafoe and Platoon? I think the answer is pretty clear. I mean, you got Dennis Hopper on the outside looking in for the Hoosiers, you could, or for Hoosiers, you could say him. 
Denholm Elliott, a good performance in a room with a view, no doubt. Uh, Tom Berenger for P Platoon. I think he's kind of overshadowed almost by Willem Dafoe in that movie. But yeah, I mean, I'm never going to take something away from Michael Caine, but um, I guess when we're, we're discussing should he have an Oscar by now, yeah, I would say yes. He probably, you probably could take that away. Um, so it was the 87 Oscars. So then what's it called wins? Sean Connery wins at the 88 Oscars for the 87 movies. Um, I wouldn't mind looking at that record, just as for on the subject for the 1988 Oscars, which would be the the Rob Lowe ceremony, I believe, where he dances around and Snow White is like anima animated on there. This is all April 11th, 1988. I don't think I watched this ceremony. I don't think I was watching the Oscars at this point every year. So this is one of the more obscure situations. Um, Olympia Dukakis and Cher basically overshadow the Oscars, but Last Emperor wins Best Picture and Director. Um, Norman Jewison doesn't win, and the picture doesn't win, even though it's nominated Moonstruck. Uh, all the critics were pulling for broadcast news. Again, it was just kind of a strange year. Uh, Last Emperor became the second film after Gigi to win, earn nine Oscar earn nine Oscar nominations and win them. So many technical, but only two of the major. To, you know, my own footnote on that. For the first time in Oscar history, all five best director nominees were uh, nominees were built, built were born outside the United States. Best actor. Uh, Michael Douglas became second person to win Oscars as he had won for uh, a producing Oscar for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, a guy named Jeremy Thomas won Best Producing Picture. What did he go on to make? I mean, he made Last Emperor. What, not, what did he go on to make? I mean, basically just kind of coasted on that. He was a British producer. He made a lot of the Carry On films. <laughs> Dude never made really anything of note except for except for what I'm pointing out right now, The Last Emperor. Kind of crazy. Sheltering Sky, Naked Lunch, Little Buddha, Stealing Beauty, Blood and Wine, Sexy Beast, The Dreamers. He has a great connection with Bertolucci, clearly. A Dangerous Method, Cronenberg, Thailand, uh, Fast Food Nation. Yikes. Um, good thing that he made that one movie. Because then he can make the other ones. <laughs> uh, anyway, so getting long-windedly to who won the year that Sean Connery won that Supporting Actor nomination win. Albert Brooks lost. Morgan Freeman for Street Smart too early in his career. Denzel Freedom... Uh, Denzel Washington for Cry Freedom. I think he actually did maybe better in that than he did in Glory. But yeah, Sean Connery had a really easy win that year. Because Aaron, Aaron uh, Albert Brooks wasn't going to win, like regardless of how you drew that up. Vincent Gardenia wasn't going to win. Morgan Freeman and Denzel weren't going to win. So very clear for Sean Connery. Of 
get back to just discussing Willem Dafoe's career in filmography, now that we know his nominations and wins, basically. So, or his nominations, you know, what they were, and if he technically could have won. Um, married some other act, uh, actress, an Italian actress and screenwriter, uh, in 2005. I know that. Yeah, really into, like, whatever his lifestyle is, but I've never really heard any, like, outlay. It's just something I like nowadays, where I can just actors in their proper context. Um, so it's always been about probably the money for him at certain points, you know? Uh, so let's go through it. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but, like, the reason I don't like a lot of his movies as much is because he made some deci- a lot of decisions that were good for money and then good for art, and they wasn't always interested in either. Um, the Loveless is his movie that is an outlaw biker drama film directed by Catherine Bigelow. I've really never heard of it, and it's called The Loveless. So I would really like to check this movie out. If anyone out there has seen it, um, it basically launched Willem Dafoe's career. You never hear about it. You always hear that his movie debut was To Live and Die in L.A., and that's not for you. Uh, Heavens, he plays a maybe 20th billing in the cast. I mean, I've seen the film. Um, he's uncredited, they say. And I remember him having a little speaking role, but Mickey Rourke's in it. That movie really flops. The Hunger, small role. Streets of Fire. He's maybe 10th billing in that, or 6th billing in that. Really underrated movie. And basically, yeah, his first big role. Roadhouse 66 Roadhouse 66 was shot all in Kingman or Arizona Um, Judge Reinhold I've enjoyed my time in Kingman in the past so basically it's a small movie I wouldn't mind seeing from 1985 with him and like an independent movie To Live and Die in L.A. really is his first big role. Platoon. Then a year after that. What else can be said about uh, To Live and Die in L.A.? I mean, the first couple scenes, you don't know who he's... uh, Kid turns out it's a a Deborah Furrer. It's like this really cool 80s pop uh, multicultural dance scene. And all of his scenes where he's cooking up money and baking the money and drying the money, shaking down William Peterson, shaking down John Pankow, having Dean Stockwell as his lawyer, getting involved in all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, Steve James, unbelievable scenes between him and Steve James and different thugs. I mean, To Live and Die in L.A. throws everything at you. It's a wonderful movie. Unbelievable performance. Now that I'm really looking at it and analyzing it, he really hadn't been in much. I mean, Streets of Fire, Six Billing, the other things, you know, comes out just smoking pot. 
really great performance. Platoon should have probably been one for that, as we've already discussed. Does some narration or maybe reenactment type stuff in... Uh, every time I go back to his page, it tips me back, so... Dear America, letters home from Vietnam. He's an off-limit. Haven't seen that in years. Last Temptation of Christ. Probably should have been nominated for that. And who's the winner at the 88 Oscars for Best Actor? Oh, God. Rain Man. So, no, he shouldn't have beaten Rain Man, but he should have maybe been nominated. Really skilled performance in Mississippi Burning. A really skilled performance in Triumph of the Spirit. That kind of a downer of a movie. Uh, great and Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, great and Wild at Heart. One of his more believable, uh, believe, believable and wonderful performances. Light Sleeper. He's the like full on lead in the movie for the first time. I've always enjoyed that movie. I had the poster for it. I don't understand why it didn't get more attention at the time. It was basically a direct-to-video movie in 1992. Uh, White Sands. You know, another lead performance by him. This one more mainstream. Interesting. Uh, Interesting more for, you know, the depiction of the times and how thrillers were at the time than it being actually great. Flight of the Intruder. Um, not bad. Body of evidence. Uh, he does his best he can. Far away, so close is a Wim Vendors movie I haven't seen, but I like some of Wim Vendors stuff. Some not as much. Tom and Viv. I thought he did a good performance. I think that was him and Miranda Richardson. Clear and present danger. I think he's uh good, but he's kind of playing like a guy that's on the edge a little bit there. So. He's like undercover, I think, at times as a Colombian. Uh, so I don't really know about that movie or performance as much. The Night and the Moment, I've never seen. Basquiat, I think he does a good job. Uh, Victory, 1996, I have to click on it, I don't know that one. Sam Neill, Irene Jacob, and Willem Dafoe. Seems like an interesting thriller. Um... Really complicated movie. Yeah, a thriller called uh, uh, with Willem Dafoe that he stars in the mid '90s called Victory. Bad title. English Patient, one of his better roles of all time. The movie wins Best Picture. Really goes to show you. Now he's been in two Best Pictures at this point. You know, so like by the mid '90s, people probably should have taken a little bit more notice of him. But by then, you know, they're like, hey, here's some money for you. Speed 2, Cruise Control. I like his performance in it. The movie's awful. Uh, Affliction, really strong, 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 strong movie. I mean, his relationship with Paul uh, Schrader pays dividends. He's fourth building in the movie. I believe James Coburn wins for that movie. And... Uh, what's his name's nominated? Nick Nolte's nominated. That's a movie you never hear about. Affliction. It's a really good movie from the mid '90s. In fact, I was building a roller coaster park of all these mid '90s independent movies. Affliction should be on a list of that because it wins an Oscar for James Coburn. 
and uh, was one of Nick Nolte's quietly best performances. Willem Dafoe's great in it, and it shows uh, Sissy Spacek. The whole cast is just great. Anyway, he really works a lot from this point on, what I'm getting into now. Lulu on the Bridge, don't know it. Existence, don't know it. New Rose Hotel, Abel Ferrara, would love to know that movie. A cyberpunk erotic drama with him, Christopher Walken, and Aja Argento. Jesus fucking Christ, never heard of that movie. Uh, it didn't really get much hotel, much press, much uh, distribution. Um, Ferrara says he fired a lot of the crew members on the film. I don't know. Oh, Schwarzenegger was considered for the. I don't know. Okay, so a very obscure, interesting movie called New Rose Hotel. Like a cyberpunk erotic thriller. You don't hear it all that too often. So as we're continuing, man, this is sure a lot to discuss. Existence, haven't seen it in years. David Cronenberg, I believe he's a fourth or fifth billing. Eighth billing, ninth billing, tenth billing. So yeah, small role in that. So he's just doing whatever the fuck at this point. I mean, he's been two best pictures. Been one of the bigger parts of both movies. Uh, both best picture wins. Um, so he's able to like pick and choose here. Boondock Saints, great role. American Psycho, great role. Uh, I don't like the films, either one, but great. he's great in what he does in them. And Animal Factory, I do remember slightly, but I'd like to rewatch that. Shadow of the Vampire, oh, excellent film, excellent portrayal. I mean, totally changes his career. Uh, he dominates the film. Uh, Pavilion, Pavilion of Women, don't know that one. 2001. So that's the thing. He's chosen to do some obscure-ass fucking movies once he gets uh, real juice in his career. You think after 2000, oh shit, I'm going to be in everything. But actually, you know, he waits a year and then he's in Spider-Man. <laughs> the Edges of the Lord. He plays a priest in two movies in 2001. So, I mean, it's just a trip of a dude. Works with Paul Schrader again. He's excellent in autofocus. Uh, excellent in Spider-Man. I don't care what anyone says about that. Um, excellent in Finding Nemo. Excellent Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I mean, this is really a juicy part of his career. Those last four roles. Everyone remembers him and those type of things. Um, the Clearing, that was a Robert... Yeah. Uh, not a very good movie. It, it, it was he like abducts Helen Mirren and Robert Redford doing a bunch of subverted action type stuff. Um, he's in uh, Spider-Man 2, Jiminy Glick, Life Aquatic, I didn't really like that role or him in it or the movie. Uh, Control, I don't overly remember him, but that was a good movie. I thought he did a good in his small role in Aviator. Um, Manderley, I haven't seen. That's a Lars von Trier movie. So he goes and works with Lars von Trier um, quite frequently. Uh, so he replaced James Caan in this film. And this is a Bryce Dallas Howard movie. Great. It's, yeah, doesn't sound like... I like some of Lars von Trier movies, but he was doing a little bit too much art for art's sake at that point. 
I like his, some of his mid '90s stuff, early '90s stuff. Zentropa breaking the waves. Parashatam, Inside Man, American Dreams, Ripley Underground. Never seen that. So that's basically the third movie in the talented Mr. Ripley shit. So I bet you internationally this movie got a little bit more attention. It plays the Ripley character in that. I have seen the one called Ripley's Game with John Malkovich, and that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, as his career has gone on, he's in like five obscure movies for every one, so everyone you've heard of, so, I mean, Inside Man, American Dreams, that was good, I thought he did pretty good in that, I mean, everyone did well with what they had to do in that, um, Mr. Bean's Holiday, I don't remember him in that, but I mean, that movie was not as good as the other ones. Fireflies in the Garden, Antichrist, another Lars von Trier. So he loves his experimental theater type movies. Plays Boondock Saints 2 again. Does he play the same characters? Yeah. I guess he's not in the FBI in the sequel that I haven't seen. Out of the Furnace. I thought he did good in that. Most Wanted Man. I thought he did good in that. Grand Buddha's Best Hotel. Parts Obscene of that. I thought he did good. John Wick, I think he does good. Finding Dory, I think he did great. Uh, Florida Project, he did great. Justice League, never seen it, but I guess he's got a big role in that. Or a role. He does great as Van Gogh in the parts I've seen. Would like to see Vox Lux. Not sure what happened to the director, Brady Corbett. Weird that he made a movie... Um, like Vox Lux and no one's ever heard of it since it's kind of a fucking crazy story and I don't even want to discuss Vox Lux but he's the narrator of that Willem Dafoe um, he's in right now Nightmare Alley he's in the French Dispatch right now so he's in a movie called Togo with a bad dog I mean he's at just always doing interesting shit in his career. Maybe something on TV is popping in lately. It's one thing he hasn't really popped into TV so much. I made a documentary called Pigs about Portugal, Ireland, Italy, Greece, and Spain about how they are in financial trouble, I guess. Pigs, it's an acronym. All right, well, this is a discussion. Thank you so much, and tune back in to Mr. Majestic. Bye-bye for now. Mr. Matinee, bye for now.